welcome back to another episode of Sales with Adlin. I'm here with my, I don't know, partner, co-pilot, co-host, man about like town, favorite human being on the planet besides my family, my immediate yes. family. I don't know about extended. Good call. Good call. Maybe I could beat out a second cousin. <laughs> Maybe. <Yes. laughs> well, you know, I don't know. Parents, I don't know. In law, I don't know. I don't. Let's not go there, Tab. You know, we don't want to lose our fans. Nah, our, you're right. Because right. our families are so large. That's probably our primary fan base. It is true. I, I would like, I just like wingman. I think wingman okay. works. Okay, wingman. So. Well, we were saying for a while, the best co-host, the best podcast co-host in America. Or did we say internationally? I think we said internationally, but I started, it's just making that me That feels feel a little egotistical. I feel it like does. we're reaching there. I feel like it we does. might be reaching a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But let's just yeah. say we're having fun together. That's we're good. definitely having fun. Well, good to be back in the studio. And our sponsors tab are going to oh. love this episode. Their leads are just pouring in. I mean, they're, I mean, just <laughs> pouring. Our sponsors are gonna. I mean, they're just gonna. They're gonna be all over this because we uh, have in the in on our show today a New York Times bestselling author. It would be hard for you to be in sales and not know the name Jeffrey Gittimer. Yeah, uh, he's a New York Times bestselling author. Probably most famous book is the Little Black Book of Selling, Little Red Book of Selling, not Black Book, Little Red Book of Selling. <laughs> Um, he's, um, been on this. I thought this was interesting. Wall street journal, 130, 103 straight weeks on the wall street journals, bestselling list. Wow. So he's had a book on that for mm -hmm. that long. Yeah. And he's also a part of the national speakers hall of fame. There's only 191 people in the national speakers hall of fame. One Gosh. of them, including, um, Ronald Reagan and some other notables, which I don't know. Wow. Remember. So we could push it to 200 once we kind of get there. I guess we're probably pretty close to <laughs> get it above 200. Yeah. You know, I mean, there may be a couple of people squeak in before us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, we, you know, but yeah, he's, he's been well-known, a lot of books out there. I think 13 books, he's written 13 books. So had a lot to share, um, yeah. which I loved his, you, you, you said this was, we were kind of prepping for the show. You loved his take on shifting from how to sell to how to focus on how customers buy. Yeah, I do. I really love that. Cause you know, it's just like kind of completely people, people want to be guided through this buying process. They don't mm -hmm. want to be sold to. And, and I think he just, I just loved his fresh approach to that. I mean, she's just, he kind of, He's out of the box mm -hmm. and he just yeah. says what truth is and there's no BS. And I just no. I love that about him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first, that was the first question he asked. Can I cuss? Can I cuss on the podcast? I'm a Jersey guy. Or did he yeah, say Philly? I think he's a Philly. Philly. Guy. I think he was Philly. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. So in a, yeah. And his philosophy aligns nicely with our philosophy related to re focusing on a customer's receptivity and their willingness to buy their willingness to work with you and their willingness to talk to you and their willingness to listen is far more important than our ability to communicate. And he definitely makes that point. And, and maybe not all of his books, but definitely his most popular books. I haven't, I haven't read them all. I also liked his, his challenge related to fear and prep and being knowledgeable and how oh, we're yeah. supposed to provide value and prospecting. I mean, there's just a lot of nuggets, a lot of gold in this episode. So um, without further delay tab let's welcome our guest jeffrey gittimer jeffrey gittimer i mean it's an honor my friend i, I think ever yeah. since i've been in sales since the early not early 80s i don't want to say early 80s, mid 80s let's say mid 80s okay uh, i think i've known your name uh, i know you didn't get famous till probably what 2000 i'm gonna say i started writing for the business journals around the country in 92 Okay, so that's probably that, where. Yeah, selling power. Much. Yeah, that launched yeah. everything. Yeah, I'm I'm still pals with the selling power guys. Oh but yeah. The challenge is that I wrote, and was accepted. A lot of people write and they're not accepted. <laughs> so you got the accepting gotta, matters. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> you just write. Well, it started pretty much on accident. Um, my mentor here in Charlotte was a guy named Ty Boyd, who had the voice of God, radio guy, and did, did all kinds of, of uh, seminars. And I went to one of his seminars on customer service. Okay. I took notes, and I made a column out of it. Um, and I said, at the end of the column, I asked the business journal for permission 
I said, if you want Tie Boys 51 ways of getting close to your customer, fax over your letterhead with the word Tie Boyd on it, and we'll fax you back his 51 ways of getting close to the customer. Okay. We got three, we had so many faxes, 300 faxes the first day, and it broke their fax machine. They almost couldn't get their paper out on time. And they said, look, if you want to do this again, use your own fax number. <laughs> and You're shutting us down over here. <laughs> within a week, I bought two more fax machines and I was receiving faxes on three fax machines and could not keep up. I had a full-time employee doing nothing but, but faxing back. And years later, like 10 years later, I was still getting faxes with Ty Boyd on the on someone's letterhead. No From way. World. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. That's pretty cool. But well, tell, this, well, tell us the story. So tell us how you, I mean, we know you as, you know, the National Speaker Hall of Fame. Yeah. You're a New York Times bestseller. You've written 13 books, all the kind of things. But how did you get started? How, where does your experience come from to write these books? So what's your story? What's your kind of yeah, entree into sales and writing? I pay attention. Okay. And I'm a student. Mm -hmm. You come to my place in Charlotte, I have 11,000 books in my library. Wow. Mm. Um, have you read them all? No, of course I haven't. I'm, the, <laughs> I'm a collector. Yeah. Yeah. But I have first editions of Samuel Smiles and, and Albert Hubbard and Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill, the, the founders of personal development. Okay. And I've, I've said to people for years, if you want to get a new idea, read something 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm. But this is the challenge. I started in in Margate, New Jersey, selling candy bars door to door, trying to raise money for charity when I was seven years old. Wow. So I'm a I was never afraid to knock on somebody's door. I was never afraid. I sold firecrackers when I was in the seventh mm -hmm. grade. I sold fireworks. Then my dad brought me back from Florida, made a ton of money. And um, then I, I was a door to door sales guy selling Encyclopedia Britannicas, where I failed, mm -hmm. and Baby Pictures to Mothers, where I succeeded. Because I didn't believe <laughs> in the Encyclopedia Britannica. I thought it was a bunch of crap. Because yeah. we had one at our house, and never, I never used it. Yeah. But You you never plagiarized a report from the no, Encyclopedia? I, wow, I was a huge fan of the old Encyclopedia. <laughs> I was like, we're going to write about Minnesota. Well, let's see what the Encyclopedia Britannica says about Minnesota. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> and and I would just you know write from my own thoughts. But once I started selling baby pictures, and I realized that mothers wanted to buy pictures of their kids, not my kids, ah, it taught me a huge them. lesson in selling. People care. People will look at pictures of them, but not of you. Bingo. They don't care about me. And so, uh, and that was high school, college, and then I, you know built my career around starting my own businesses and selling in New York city. And that's not an, e not an easy market. No. Um, up yours is a greeting. And <laughs> <laughs> There's probably another way to say that. Yes, there is. And everybody went to bribe. And, but I was, I, they were my businesses. I was the manufacturer and the salesperson. So mm -hmm. I could adjust anything to meet the marketplace. It was fun to do really that's fun it. to do. You learn a what, lot. What, so, what led to writing? How did you? Well, I was in Charlotte. You started writing articles. Yeah, I was in Charlotte. And in the in the Charlotte Observer, one Monday morning, the Business Monday, there was a quiz on sales. And then the following Monday, they put the answers in. And the answers were totally wrong. <laughs> and so I called the Observer and I said, you know, you're so stupid that you would believe what this guy says, but worse, hundreds of thousands of readers are getting wrong information. And so they came over to my place and they wrote about my philosophy in the very next, in the very next business Monday, my phone rang off the hook. Wow. And, and I realized that I was a better writer than the guy that wrote about me. So I went, <laughs> I went to the Charlotte Observer and I said, hey, I'd like to write a column on selling skills. And they said, no, you'll make you'll make too much money. I said, no, I'll do it for free. No, no, no. You know, the notoriety. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> In other words, what you're saying is you don't care about your reader. 
You only care about if I make a few bucks. I said, I just want to write a column on sales. And the woman who's in charge of the, of the, she was the editor of the business paper. She goes, it'll never happen. I said, you know what, honey? And some, some women don't like when you call them honey. No. I said, you know what, you know what, honey? It'll never happen here. <laughs> and so I went literally to the bank where, and the business journal was at the top floor of the bank building. And I was already doing business with them. I was already selling them sales leads and new corporations and stuff. And the, the publisher of the business journal was walking across the street as I was walking across the street. And he wanted to know why my picture was in the business paper. And I explained what it was. And he goes, do you have time for a cup of coffee? I said, sure. Um, so we go to this place where all the newspaper people go. And he said, you know, 30% of our people are in, who read our paper in sales. We don't do anything for them. I said, I have an idea. Why don't I write a column on sales? <laughs> okay. And, and so as we were talking, the people who turned me down walked by our booth. No way. In the restaurant. Yeah. So when someone tells you never, that means not for at least 30 minutes. <laughs> but, but I will, I will tell Give you yourself that. 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I will tell you that that literally launched my writing career. Mm. And the the publisher of the paper has become like dear friend of mine because we're thirty year friends now. Yeah. Um, I'm in his office and he goes, "Yeah, I'm not going to pay you to write the column, but I'll get you in other papers where you can get paid." I said, "Okay, fine." I spin around to leave, and he goes, "Hey, by the way, can you write?" <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But take risks. Um, you know, that was the beginning of my career as a writer. And people will ask me right now, what do you do? I say, I'm a writer. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I used to say I'm a salesman. Yeah. But now, literally, I'm, I am a father of four daughters, a grandfather of four granddaughters, and a great-grandfather of one grand great-granddaughter. Wow. So wow. I have nine offspring, all girls. Wow. wow. I know. I know. I'm impressed with it. Yeah. Um, that sounds great, but at the same time, I like having some boys in here. Well, you don't want to talk about There's a lot of estrogen in our family. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> um, Any of them go to business with you? Oh, yeah. We all live within 20 miles. No, I would say any of them go into business with you, like you work together. Yeah, two daughters work for me. Oh, awesome. Well, I, thought I, saw a yeah. I thought I saw another get up here. Yeah, the, uh, they work for here for 15 years we're we talk every day and we see each other at least three or four times a week that's so we're i'm here that's great and it's a family business it's a we have, i have other employees but it's a family business and covid forced me to go offshore so mm -hmm. i have instead of having a half a dozen people working here i have a staff of 60 people in the philippines that can all do the tasks of everyone that I had better and no bitching about it. And we pay by the hour. And it's, so yeah, I pay, it's, yeah, you pay for what you pay for what you get at 11 bucks an hour. Wow. Wow. And they're making a ton of money. That's more money than they've ever seen. Yeah. So it's a, it's a win win. Yeah. So why do you think your work resonates so much with sellers? Uh, frankly, which I don't like using adverbs. I'm a no bullshit guy. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm a cold caller in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. I've also delivered 2,500 talks around the world and never made a sales call. Because Maybe. the people who want me call me and see if I'm available. So I take that expertise and that understanding of creating not the law of attraction, value attraction. Mm -hmm. I post my stuff up online either video or text or audio and people hear it and it resonates with them and they want to buy. Yeah. And I teach my philosophy of selling is people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Yeah. So I teach why people buy, which is the opposite of the yahoos that do what I do that think they know what they're doing, what they're talking about. And they don't. Well, I you love know, that. Go I do tell. too. One of my favorite, you know, just in the little red book, 
of selling, which I love, of course. That just that's a, a classic. And may I um, say, uh, may I say, Tab, you're an excellent yeah. judge, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well, Jeff. Um, we trust him. I mean, if so, he says it, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of credibility, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just loved the, your um, you know, just talking about learning your customer. You know, it, your philosophy of being about them, and I love that. And when you <laughs> talked about you know, call, call your six best customers, invite them to a seminar, offer great food. I love that. Did, did, tell me how that came about. I mean, did you, when did you start doing that? Um, within a couple of months of me being in the, in the business journal, okay. and I was in no other papers yet at the time, I said, can I, you know, can I give a seminar over at the Adams Park Hotel? Would you put the, a little ad in the bottom of my, <laughs> my column? And we sold tickets for 30 bucks a piece and 90 people bought tickets. And I said, you can buy a ticket at the door if you want. And the first 50 people who showed up did not have a ticket. <laughs> the room was full, packed full of people. And I talked Philly. I didn't drop F-bombs, but I was very, very close. They all yes. knew I was capable of it. They knew yeah. you were meant yeah. F-bombs. You, you, you hung out right on the line. Right on the people, line. People loved it. And then yeah. some guy who was in Toastmasters came up to me and said, you know, you shouldn't swear when you're talking to an audience. <laughs> and then I knew I was right. I knew yeah. I was on, you know, whatever someone tells you not to do, that's what you do. Yeah, mm, that's so, like, so. Yeah, and I did pick that up in your writing. It's just, yeah. it is. It's just no bullshit. It's like just right. straight talk. I'm, like, I'm kind of like it's punchy. It's kick just, your own out, kick your own ass. I love exactly. that. You know, exactly. come on. So I, um, I, but I have guts when I go into a sales call. If I'm talking to a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, which I've done many times, I'll start my my I start my conversation out with a question: Where did you grow up? Right. Because I want to know not where they're from. Where did you grow up? Because that's much more emotional. Right. And then I say, well, do you want to buy now or you want to hear the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah. You're, the use of humor. I know I see that in a lot of your stuff. Totally, You're a big fan of humor. Totally. I'm having a good time at it or I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, Perfect. let's talk. Let's let's transition to because i love hearing your background i think that's really important to know who yeah. you are and why you've been successful because we can all learn from that and i and tab brought this up about really focusing on you know why the customer buy you said why they buy is all that matters and i really do believe that that's something correct that and let that. me take it one step further because okay. there's one bullshit training company in the country that teaches you to find the pain yeah yeah we know about that okay Finding the pain is none of your business. And wouldn't you rather find the pleasure? Mm. Wouldn't you rather know where the guy plays golf or where he took a vacation or what book he just read? So you can have find something in common. Mm -hmm. But to start the conversation out whining about, you know, what keeps you up at night, none of your business. Yeah. None yeah. of your business. That might be a little. But I think, yeah, we, yeah, we ultimately need to solve problems or, you know, whatever whatever motivating them whatever Agreed. they care about whatever's on perfect their whiteboard point. perfect point so instead of saying what keeps you up at night why don't you just rephrase it and say tom what gets you out of bed in the morning yeah what inspires you to get up and and you know and people are going wow nobody ever asked me that before correct right. and that's my goal in talking to someone is yeah. to ask them something that no one has ever asked them before. I love that question. I did really enjoy that chapter where you were talking about question, power questions, where it makes them think. Yep. Like yeah. They, you need to ask. That's what, I think we add more value when we ask questions that they haven't considered that yes. they were talking. Agreed. And then that, that elevates you in the mind of the decision maker because like, are you saying you're basically demonstrating, not by coming in and saying, this is what you need to know, it's in a very humble way. You're demonstrating that you have something to offer and you need to right. be in that room because decision makers right. don't meet with sales reps. Well, I, you know, my statement is, uh, which we talked about before we started recording, I've done 2,500 seminars and I've never made a sales call. They all call me. Yeah. Isn't that what you, Mr. Jones, if I'm talking of training your sales team, don't you want customers to call you or do you want to go make <laughs> phone calls like a fool? 
right. Yeah. Well, you know what I love, Jeffrey, is you is something that I believe we we talk about as well at Aslan is you're really almost trying to be you're different than what people think of sales, right? I mean, you're. I, I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm not right. like everybody else. You can't be like everybody else. I, I yeah, it's just not effective, and, and we want to be different. Why would I want to do business with someone that sounds like everybody else? Exactly. Uh, you gotta, you gotta create contrast. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the the buyer. The focusing on how the buyer, what how the buyer wants to buy. Now, figuring okay. out all that. I want to, I want to get your perspective on how that's changed. You know, with the amount of information out in the market and how the, right. the tip, the, how difficult it is to get the customer's attention. I think with the virtual, I mean, just there's so many channels. Do you tell me what your philosophy is about how that's changed over the last maybe five years or the last decade? Okay. What you're teaching? Any mm. is it any is it all timeless principles? Nothing needs to change, or do you feel like we've had to learn new skill set or a new mindset in the last decade? Last you have to know the fundamentals. Okay. That are a hundred years old. You have to tell mm. the truth. You have to be personable. You have to use a little humor. But you better understand that the world of selling has changed not just in the past five years, but pandemic forward. Yeah. There's a level playing field of if you're not virtual, you're out. Yeah. Right. Right. If you're not, if you don't still go back to face to face, you're out. Mm -hmm. mm. But, but the challenge for a salesperson is they're now vulnerable. Okay. You go, you, you prepare for your sales call. And you put all kinds of stuff together and you and you Google the guy and you find out all the stuff you can about him. Dude, they're Googling you. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And if you're a jerk, I'm gonna find out in two seconds. Yeah. If you have pictures of yourself naked in your backyard on, on Facebook, I'm gonna see them. If you if you were Dad, well, you got to take those pictures down. Gosh, I, this is very valuable. <laughs> know, Thank you. Know, okay, but just, just understand this. We got you, one of those little pools. <laughs> as you're walking in the door, the customer is googling you. Yeah, yeah. I have that's good. Yeah, and I didn't what, whatever they find out, that's your fate. Yeah, right. That's your so, brand. That's your brand. Yeah, and. So the, the sales guy will start out, let me tell you a little bit about our business. Like, dude, I already know about your business. Tell me yeah. something I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah, are you wasting the, my time with- you better come with expertise. Right. Yeah, or an idea. And I yeah. tell salespeople, if you walk in with information about you, you're done. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you walk in with an idea, now you're a resource. Yeah. yeah. And the I sales like guy has to be a resource in today's, like, like Mr. Jones, I was- looking at your website and I saw a couple of things on there that gave me an idea. May I share them with you? Right. I love Hell that. yeah. I want an idea. Yeah. Uh, bringing value. Or, or you could say, um, I'd like to come over with 27 slides and bore the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> what, you said in there somewhere, one of your books, you thought selling is puking or something. I don't know. Right, you, you exactly. some, yeah. Right. yeah. I, I, so that's guttural enough to make someone understand Yeah. what, that the, the customer only wants to know what's in it for them. Yeah. And, and they want to know what's in it for them right away. And I would rather say to a customer, I say, look, um, I'm going to talk to you about what you need and I'm going to help you whether you use me or not. Because there, there may go. be somebody out there better than me for you. I'd, I'd like to meet them and shake their hand. But in case I'm not, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you where, you where you can go to find the help you need because I'm there to help. Yeah. I'm not there to sell. And yeah. people yeah. don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Opening quote in the little red book. Yep. I trademarked it actually. So I know, started, I saw that. Yeah, you owe me a quarter if you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I gave you credit, right? I mean, did I give I gave you credit? Kindly, yeah. So I got okay, okay. yeah. yeah. But this is this is the real challenge. That salesperson must be perceived as different and valuable. Mm -hmm. No differentiation no no value difference and they become like everybody else and then the third thing i'm looking for is social proof so if i have a differentiation if i have value perceived and i have social proof i can make a sale if i don't 
I'm going to fight somebody that does. Fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to. Now, how do you do that, though, Jeffrey, when everybody has social proof? Like in our world, what we sell, yeah. everybody's got the quotes. Everybody's got the case studies. Everybody has something. I don't want a quote. Say. I don't want a case study. I want a video. Ah, okay. Oh, interesting. I only want a video. I only want a video. Yeah. YouTube was not founded on text. Yeah. So yeah. You want customers and customer videos is key, is key. Do you want a customer talking about, hey, here's my experience. This is what exactly. I experienced. This is what I did, okay. and this is yeah. how it yeah. happened, and everybody else was bullshit until these guys came along, and now I'm I'm on top of the world. Well, that's where you're – when I was I was sharing those tips on learning about your customer, that's what you say. I mean, I thought that was really good. You know, Get them in a room, bring them in, video. Yeah. Get it yeah. on video. Get people talking. Um, I'm – embarking on a uh, a secret project that will i think change the face of how people are trained because i don't want to learn somebody else's system i'm not into the challenger sale right i think the challenger sale is bullshit because you got a 26 year old kid challenging a 55 year old ceo seriously go away <laughs> i've tried that before well it's also emotionally if you just look at emotionally when someone's emotionally closed which they are and the more you try to persuade them the more closed they become it, it just backfires it's like they're not yeah. open to being challenged unless they're saying please tell me what i'm doing wrong yeah. i'd love to know who are you and why should i give you 30 minutes of my time right and 30 minutes is a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially if you're talking to CEO. And what I would tell people in New York City is, give me block a half an hour. Give me five minutes. If you mm -hmm. don't like what I'm saying in five minutes, throw me out. Fair enough? <laughs> See, that's just real. There's no bullshit to your point. Right. I like totally. that. And in New York, you have no choice. Yeah. You have no choice. Because there's somebody right behind you waiting to go next. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to differentiate yourself. You've got to be why me. Right. But it and starts with what you're saying is it's all though it's all about them. How why do I give you answer the question? Value. Why you yeah, right. How do I give you perceived value by talking to you about your stuff and what I can do when we're done? Just press hard three copies. So why do you think, Jeffrey, it's hard for sellers to do that? Because we've been talking about this for 20-something years, about you have to have bring in the expertise. You have to be able to communicate a new truths about a better way to solve the decision-making problem, right? You've got to understand what's on their whiteboard. We're always preaching that. So why do so few sellers do that or have that expertise? It's, it's well, gotta be you have to be rejected a bunch of times in order to be able to get to that positive state. Yeah, And you have mm -hmm. to be able to take it and not blame this is a crucial part of selling the guy said he wasn't interested oh really mm -hmm. that means dude you were not interesting mm -hmm. so let's get down to the heart of it you were boring and you're blaming the customer uh, the guy didn't call me back the guy took a lower price the guy said he wasn't interested didn't Who see the value guy? said it was too expensive right so stop blaming and start taking responsibility and you have a shot at it. Yeah. Until you stop blaming, you're going to be a mediocre salesperson who's always in danger of losing their job. Mm. I think that's a I think that's an important point, Dab. Yep, I agree. I like it. Yeah. Um, if people give up too easily. I mean, you're right. I mean, you I learn agree. so much by failure. Yep. Well, you have two ways of coming out of a meeting. You can say exactly what you said. You can say what it didn't go well because yeah exactly circumstances happen that aren't that have nothing to do yeah, with the guy me. had a better relationship with his vendor for yeah, 20 or, years it's it and i feel better off. it's easier it feels better to, for me to say totally it's out you're of vindicated. my control it doesn't hurt it, it i couldn't have done anything about it or you're vindicated i vindicated or i come out of the meeting i go i i have done that better i could have done that better i should have known that i didn't know that i'm gonna go learn that and if it's all about what i can do better then i get better every time and what you're saying totally. is most people would rather blame shift than take ownership because ownership is painful. Short term, yeah. it's painful. Long term, it's it's your you. You don't want to glorious. admit that vulnerability anyway. 
Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, one of the things I love, Jeffrey, that I a hundred percent agree with you on is be a learner yeah. your whole life. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there myself. I've been doing this a long time. If I ever stop learning, I'll start dying in whatever area it That's is in exactly my life. Correct. So That's I'm correct. with you. Um, talk to, the, talk, go ahead. I want to cut you off. Good. No, the, the challenge is most people are watching Netflix and drinking a beer. That is yeah. so true. And and wait, wait, hold on. Is that a problem? <laughs> well, I I'm writing a book. Done that. I'm writing a book. You decide. You decide. <laughs> um, but even though so I instead should of not, watching I, Netflix and drinking a beer, you're writing a book. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, yeah, I've heard of so, writers say that. But I will um, hang with my daughter. I have a one of my daughters is young, fourteen. And do you have girls? Yeah, I've got one. I have one. So did they watch Wednesday on Netflix? If they did, I don't know. Don't know about okay. That. Wednesday is the is the um the Adams family. Oh yeah. Wednesday, yeah. she grows up, becomes super weird, goes to this weird high school, and all kinds of scary things happen. Oh wow. Okay. A billion It's people, not a true story, Kev. Oh a billion, I thought the Adams family was real. A billion people have watched it. A billion, a billion people. Billion. You want to get with the program. <laughs> okay. They okay, are so writing books. I watched it. It's the first thing I, the first, there's eight, there's eight episodes. Okay. I've watched a couple of Stranger Things, but this is the first thing I watched, watched. And it was phenomenal. Okay. Well, it was filmed in a castle in Romania. Wow. And my... I have a client in Romania. I did a seminar there this summer. 800 people came to a public seminar. And I'm going to bring my daughter back to the castle where they've arranged a private tour for her. No oh, way. wow. What they don't know is I'm hiring people to stand behind doors and scare the shit out of her. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, I love uh, it. That's great. It's that's worth be, that's worth the podcast right there. I oh, love definitely. It. <laughs> um, but it's how you how do you interact with your kids if you're not with them? Mm. You, you have a, a big problem. So I'm a music guy, and my daughter's a music. You know, she's a Swifty and Lana Del Rey, who's the, one of the best singer, dirtiest lyrics I've ever heard in my life. But Olivia Rodrigo is coming to Charlotte, mm -hmm. so I said to my daughter, "Let's go." She goes, you're going to go? I go, yeah, let's pick out our outfits. <laughs> <laughs> because I went, um, I'm really close personal friends with Harvey McKay, the guy that wrote Swimmers. Yeah, I heard you mention yeah. him in the book, yeah. He's and great. he and I have been friends literally for 30 years. He's like my dad. Mm -hmm. mm. But he says, don't call me your dad, call me your brother, because it sounds older if I'm yeah. your dad. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Okay, fine. But Harvey turned 90. Wow. Um. Uh, several Army months McKay, Swim of the Sharks. I want everybody yeah. to know that. You yeah, wrote a yeah. book, great book. Great book. And here's Without the deal. Alive. He took 300 people to the Elton John concert in Phoenix over the summer to celebrate his birthday. Wow. 300 people. Wow. And I'm sitting there and I go, you know, I saw Elton John in Philly 50 years ago with 200 people in the room in his first concert tour in America. You, you did not. So I have the whole span of the Elton John lifetime that I got to relive at this concert. Wow. And things happen in your life that give you those memories, those things. And music creates that memory. Mm. Music yeah. creates that memory. Um, I, I challenge salespeople all the time. If you don't walk into a sales call humming a tune, something's wrong. That's a good idea. I've done that. I remember listening. I had a really, uh, ner I was nervous about a big presentation. I was making a sales force. And it was like a big opportunity tab. This was, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I remember listening okay. to Michael Jackson before the, before yeah, the thriller. Were you doing well, thriller? Yeah, yeah, it was like literally, a, <laughs> well, it, was, it was like I was prepping in the, and I walked in the bathroom. It was playing or something. It was in the hall. I don't know, it was in the building somewhere. And then I just said, this is a great idea. And I just started listening. I, I mean, I was just totally changed by vibe. I listen to music all the time. Oh, and me too. Um, I just did a seminar on uh, for a company. I don't want to say their name, but it was on cold calling, yeah. which I hate. I think cold calling is the biggest waste of time on the planet. 
But this whole <laughs> this company's whole deal is cold calling. Yeah. So they said, Do you want to have music before you talk? I said, Yeah. So I asked them for Yvonne Baker and the Sensations, mm. a song from the 60s called Let Me In. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they loved it. That's how you tie it into the message. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I want to go back to the daughter. Sure. And your family. What sure. have you, because I don't want to run out of time before I ask this question. What have you learned about selling in relationships that you've been able to apply to having healthy relationships with the people that matter the most? Um, I'm a family business guy. I grew up in a family business. I think America's run by a family business, and I own a family business. My family is an integral part of the process. And my goal in the business is not to make my daughters productive. It's to make them proud. Okay. They're proud to work for their dad. Mm -hmm. And that's the essence of it. I, I, you know, we give away free food. We give away free health insurance. We give away health club memberships. You know, we have good benefits. But the bottom line is, it's all about how I conduct myself and what I need to do in the world. What do I need to do? And I'm, uh, I'm edgy. Mm -hmm. I was banned on U.S. Airways for 11 months, if you ever go into my Wikipedia page. <laughs> but I'm You're the, edgy. I like I'm the, the way they said that. But here's the deal. Before, three months before they banned me, take a look at this. They send me this yeah. Book, yeah. and it says top 500 customers. So I'm, their, I'm on their top 500 customer list, and then they banned me for 11 months. There's a thousand talk uh, posts about me on Flyer Talk. It was back in 2003, but my kids, I said, I said, gather around. I, I said, listen, I'm going to be the only person ever banned on U.S. Airways. Is that cool? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a badge of honor. So you take those negative things and you turn them positive and you and you win. You have to keep the momentum up. And the year later after that, we won the Business Journal Award for the most fun place to work in Charlotte. That's awesome. How, how do you win that award? And and I asked my audiences, can you win that award? Because if you can't, fix it. Yeah, fix your culture. You know, what's so serious about it that you can't have a little fun with it? Yeah. So that's how I look at it. And I, I you know, create atmospheres in my family and in my business. And that transfers into how I act and react when I'm out on the road. Because that's your culture. You yep. created that culture and it becomes, yep. it's part of everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. My Love philosophy it. ends with, and I have fun and I do that every day. I believe that. Hello. Well, there's, there's a strategy. I, I have one philosophy that I try to live every day and it's not always easy, but I, I try. I make 10 people smile and I create one random act of kindness. Mm -hmm. And right. when you do so that. You role model that for your, your family. Oh, yeah. And because awesome. when someone smiles at me, it makes me smile back. Yeah. So I keep myself <laughs> pumped up by, by doing it. And mm -hmm. there's some places that are a little more glowing than others. Mm -hmm. You have to work at it, you know, because if I'm in New York, it's harder to make people smile. It's hard to get they people to look at you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. So you're, I'm standing online in Starbucks and next, um, next. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? And they go, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> You, My favorite thing to do in this situation is say nothing yeah, because they exactly. don't know what to do because they're, yeah. they're like, they, yeah. they look at you. And I'm, like, I'm sorry. I confused you with someone that gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't want to say how may I help you, but they don't no, want no, to. No. They don't no, want to no, say, no. yeah, they don't want to say, they don't know what to say. It's like, well. Sometimes they just lift their eyes up. Yeah, right. And then I just stand there. And then right, they don't, don't want yeah, to talk they, they, They're like, what? Like, what? And they have, they really don't know what to say. I think I find that fascinating. Uh, um, you know, I carry my attitude with me. It's always sunny in '72 where I live. Uh, no matter where I where where I am or what the weather is, I don't care about the weather at all. I care about I care about what I care about. I don't care about it. I care about me. You, you're the catalyst that determines the temperature. Uh, I'm the guy that makes it happen. Yeah, I love and that. it's very infectious. I, I mean, I got I only, fired up reading your book. I really did. Oh, like I only talk to people yeah. that are the same as me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I confused it with someone that was happy. 
<laughs> well, it is really back to your original point. It's like people typically blame people or circumstances then take responsibility for what do I need to do to fix it. When I always yeah. say, if I'm disturbed, I'm wrong. If I don't have that attitude, there's something wrong with me. It's not something wrong with the world. There's something wrong with me. I agree. And I so, can fix me. I can fix me. Um, well, as we're talking as peers, yep. I want you to give me your artificial intelligence prowess at this moment. Uh, on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. Three. I'd Can say 2.75. I... <laughs> just now, a touch want, below dog. I want you to think about this for just a second. Yeah. AI is about five years old. Mm -hmm. Yep. Think about where the car was when it was five. Think mm -hmm. about where the radio or the telephone or the television was when it was five years old. Yeah. And that's where AI is at this moment. It's kind of scary. Yep. It is primitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's an opportunity for sales companies and salespeople to take advantage of it. And I'm, I can tell you, I'm knee deep in my own avatar, which will appear in another couple of weeks hmm. and all of my intellectual property in one pool. Mm -hmm. So that someone can access me any time of the day or night, anywhere in the world. Oh, that's interesting. And get an answer yeah. in any language. Wow. Mm, yeah, there's, this, AI, there's AI working. There's AI. Well, it's so funny, Jeffrey. Tom and I, we just were doing a strategy meeting, and guess what we were talking about? This. Yeah. And I think it's on my, it is on my top of my list of what I, ha you talk about being a learner. This is what I'm double clicking into. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. I don't even, I feel like we're so, it's so early and it's the, it's just the wild, the new frontier and mm -hmm. we have to be connected and, and knowing what's going on. So I'm with you. And people are, are focusing their attention on chat GPT. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you there are currently 1500. I yeah. AI channels. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. Cause that's how it was chat GPT time. That's when we first started talking about it. I started digging in and I was fascinated by how, yeah. what was it's all quite, out there. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's, not, it's, it's literally, it's the, the web in 2001. Yeah, yeah exactly. Crazy. And, and, and Apple was $2 a share. And so was Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> right. Point. Yeah. But here, but here's the real deal. People look at AI as a shortcut. And I stop them and say, no, it's a tool. Yeah, that's what I was Not about to do. I wanted to talk about that. And the tool is you get an answer from ChatGPT, which you can refine. And then you have to personalize it to that customer that's going out to where you look like everybody else. Yeah, it's because everybody's going to say the same thing. No, ChatGPT is going to say the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Well, that, yeah, because they're just, if you, I always talk about you got to curate that. You can't, you can't copy and paste. You can't just say I'm going to pull it. Well, let's let's connect this the, the AI because I think it's really prevalent in prospecting, okay. right? Yep. People, when yeah. When you talk about cold call prospecting, people going, "Okay, hey, what's the best they're, cold they're, calling?" Yeah, they're getting all this information. They're just shooting it to customers, and AI is sending messages on a company's behalf, which means we're all just being overwhelmed. So we just delete anything that doesn't look like it's from a human. So yeah. A has it killed cold calling? Has it killed prospecting? in the traditional sense. And if it hasn't, how do we leverage it? Well, people are saying, is AI going to eliminate my job? And I tell people, if you suck, probably, yeah. <laughs> it won't just be AI though. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I have renamed AI to actual intelligence. Okay. Ah. Because if you don't look at it from that perspective, you're going to lose. Now I'm going to give you an example. Um, what are my best lines on a cold call? And you put that into the chat GPT and it comes back with 10 or 15 lines. Okay, great. Or you can say, I sell appliances in a discount store. What are my, what's the best way for me to greet a customer? Or I sell cars. You teach them who you are and then they will come back to you more personalized. That's one small strategy of talking to a computer. Right. You're yeah. not gonna get humor. You they're not, contacts, yeah. You're not going to get emotion. They're not. It's a, it's a computer. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to add humor. You're going to have to add emotion. 
and then you have a shot at it. Otherwise, you're dead. Mm. I mean, yeah. you're literally dead. So if you take, mm. oh, I need a tweet on on customer service. No, dude. What you need to do is have something that people are willing to retweet or like or comment on. Mm -hmm. That's what you need. Right. And the only way that's going to happen is if you customize whatever you get back from them. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it will save you time. No, it will not give you the answer that you're looking for unless you customize it. Yeah. But it can give you a start. Like I found that it, oh, it yeah. sparks. It sparks start. like like when I talk to, I ask it as one of my, when I first dove in, it's like, well, how does, how is selling changed or how does buyers buy? What has changed the buyer right. marketer and selling or whatever? And I can't remember exactly how it set it up, but it gave me some language back that started moving me in a direction or help me describe something, but it, it still needs to be mine. And it's it still needs that. It still needs to be from a cube. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not yours, or people humanized. are going to know it right away. Like that doesn't sound like Tom. No. Yeah. It sounds like chat GPT. <laughs> yeah 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 right yeah, yeah it's like, like that but do you but think do you think what so if i'm a new seller right yeah. i'm a new sales rep and i'm working for a company that's not going to give me enough leads and i'm working for a company that's not going to give me enough accounts what do i do you go and talk to your existing customers and find out why they buy okay because you think you're going to get it through artificial intelligence or some lead source for you? Not going to happen. Mm. And they're all over the place. So I can get you 30 leads a week. Right. But they blow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and worse than the yeah, sales guy blames. What is blow? <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the deal. Then the sales guy blames the lead company for oh, yeah. quote, bad leads. Yeah. So just get out of that business. You don't, you don't, so talk to your customers about why they buy and then do what? And then go go talk to a new prospect and say, would you like to know why our last 10 customers bought from us? Gotcha. And so you're basically saying your cold calling is in, you still can prospect, sure. but you don't like cold calling. So what did you mean? Right. I go to networking events. Yeah, I give yeah. a speech at a trade show. You know, I do things where I can expose myself to new customers without having to say, okay, can I have five minutes of your time? Because I swear to God, I'm going to, and then yeah, don't right. hang up, please don't hang up. And you look yeah. like an, an idiot. And, yeah. and with that, there has to be an understanding of foundational information. Like it hasn't changed in 150 years. It has not mm. changed in 150 years mm. of being nice to people, being humorous, being polite. Um, Caring all, about them. Yeah. Focus so, on what's important. Then we call it being I, other centered. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm a student of the founders of personal development in this country. Mm. And Dale Carnegie of which, or Napoleon Hill of which, they're the third wave. Mm -hmm. People think of them as the originals. They're, they're not even close. Hmm. Who's the original? Samuel Smiles. Samuel, Samuel Smiles. I don't know Samuel Smiles. Maybe we can have him to. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a little dead. Um, but he's a little he dead. A, he partially dead. His first book was called Self-Help. Oh. Samuel Smiles. Well, ben, uh, yeah, Benjamin Franklin was well known for yeah. a lot of his self-help. Samuel Smiles was the guy. He invited all these people over to his house in England. His granddaughter wrote about all the people that came there. And talked about, but this when you read this guy, it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. That's that's first guy. Yeah. Second guy was Arson Sweat Martin. Arson mm -hmm. Sweat Martin wrote forty-one books on self-help, mm -hmm. and there's a a book by Napoleon Hill and, and the, where he writes about Martin, and says these are the. 10 books I recommend, and six of them were Artists and Sweat Martin. Wow. Jeez, I wonder where Napoleon Hill got his info. Yeah, right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Hill and Carnegie were at the same, they're the you know, contemporaries, although I don't know anything about their relationship. I don't think they even knew each other. Mm -hmm. hmm. But, you know, Dale Carnegie, uh, let me show you what came in the mail today. I Because I bid on stuff from eBay and stuff. So this is a brochure I got. Oh wow! No people. way! Wow! That's, that's when's that from? The fifties, 
has 50. Wow. And this is the Dale Carnegie course. Wow, uh, look at that. Public speaking and stuff like that. This little brochure, it's, it's amazing. Okay. But I, I got it as That's a freebie cool. because I bought this this book that went with it, the Dale Carnegie, How to Win, How to Stop Wearing and Start Living. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I well, let it. me show you something else about it. It's See this? signed. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's my. signed by Dale Carnegie. Wow. Yeah, it's signed and it's wow. a first edition. Wow. Oh, wow, first print. So I was offered, I have, it's my second copy that I bought of it. Um, I was offered 25000 for one of my, for one copy of it by a Dale Carnegie franchisee and I turned him down. That's um, awesome. Oh, pretty good. Did it. you ever think about being a Dale Carnegie franchisee? No, I taught sales for them. Oh, you uh, did? For three years, yeah. And Dale Carnegie's biggest quote is, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Mm -hmm. And all of the people in that organization, that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> so you were done. You're like, I'm not having fun. This is this Can is we turn to page right 83? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, and I don't want to speak badly about him because I, I love Dale Carnegie and some of the franchisees are great people. They're very successful, mm -hmm. but some of them are, are winers. Yeah, yeah, right. I've heard yeah. Yeah, I, I, and, a lot about red winers. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not a, you, you, you can't be a winner if you're a winer. There you go. Boy, that, oh, we just dropped the mic on that. Uh, one. Right, give me a winner if you're a whiner. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of, we've had a theme there of just ownership. Yeah. Uh, kind of connected to that. Before we run out of time, I want to talk, I want, because you write a lot about fear. Yeah. Uh, overcoming fear. And I think that's, you know, people tend to talk about, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, tactics and strategy and plays. And yeah. Coach. Those are all about things. And I get it. These are things we can control. They're easy to understand. And as soon as we move into some of the deeper concepts, like how does the customer actually buy, right? And, and, and how do we, uh, you know, how do we take ownership and some of the things that actually, I think, fundamentally drive success. But I think the fear thing may be the biggest nemesis. It's behind yeah. why I think we want to blame shift. Yeah. But, and you said failure is not, is look at failure as an event, not a person. I love that. Right. Thanks. Ooh, I like that. I, don't you, I love that line. I love that because it just happened. This happened, but it's not who I am. It's something to be learned from. But talk right. to us about yeah. how you help your customers, sales reps, attendees, audience, all the people you've spoken to over the years to get over their people fear. People say that giving a speech is more fearful. The person giving it fears yeah. that than death. Yeah. And there's a reason. It's because if you give a shitty speech, you're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <but. laughs> I've been on it. I've been on I've experienced that. Okay, <laughs> you wish you were dead. Right. I remember exactly. In high school, when I gave my shitty speech, I was still alive. <laughs> so, but I challenge salespeople that the reason you're afraid is because you're unprepared. Yeah, we are. If you're more prepared, the more prepared you are, the less fearful you are, and you convert fear to excitement. It's the same anxiety. It's the same It's the same thought process. So if I'm fearful of something or I'm excited to do something, I'm going to win. I can't wait to go to that sales call. Oh, gosh, I hope the guy shows up. You know, come on. If you, if you, The reason the guy didn't show up is because you probably sucked and were boring. Right. You know, the, the guy didn't return my call. Why? Because the message you left him sucked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I'm, I'm calling about the proposal, and I was wondering if you had any questions. You don't care. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm calling about the money. Is it ready? But yeah, yeah. You yeah, got my commission yet? Yeah. I'm following up to see if you want to buy anything. Yeah, I do. but here's the deal. They're not having enough fun. And their manager's got a pipe up his ass, and he's, oh, we need a better attitude around here. Okay, great. Start with your own. Yeah. 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 Role model. So I'm, you know, it's, sales is about leadership to begin with because I want to inspire my people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to coach them, not, you know, threaten them. If they're on my team, I want them to score. Yeah. If they're on my team, I want you to score. And when you score, 
I'm going to carry you off the field on my shoulders. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you're making it about your players. Well, I, um, you have, both have kids? Yes. yes. Okay. How old are your kids? <laughs> Mine are 26, 24, and 19. Do you have any grandkids? I do not. You? Tom does. <laughs> Uh, my mine are forty down to thirty four, and I have fourteen grandchildren. Okay, so you're obviously Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, but, but. I, I, I want you to think about. I want you to think about this. When a one year old is starting to walk, there's no threats. There's only encouragement. Mm-hmm. Come on, walk right. to daddy. Come on, you yeah. can do it. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. If, I mean, if you're not walking in two weeks, no college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no college. Right. We're cutting you off. Right. So think about that and yeah. how you have to deal with the salesperson who's not doing well. Are you going to threaten him or her? Or are you going to encourage them? Come on, let me yeah. take you out on a bunch of sales calls and show you how it's done. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, well, you're not doing that right. Well, dude. Teach me. Yeah. yeah. Work with me. Work coach with me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coach coach me. me. Yeah. So uh, that's where I'm at with that. And the whole fear thing usually stems from I'm not making my quota. I'm going to die. They're going to fire me. Yeah. So I'm afraid of the quota. But I'm also afraid of failure. I'm afraid of, like you said, right. when you give the speech. I don't you know, want to get every... turned down. I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to lose it. personal. Business. I think it's personal. Yeah, I think it's it's I defined by I think it was back to your event, not a person. I'm defined by that event. If I don't do that well, right, then I am less than, and I'm associated with my success in sales or my success in that performance. And that's not true. It's based on that was just an event. I may have had a bad day. I may have maybe yeah. I didn't prepare enough. Maybe there was somebody that offered something better, or maybe they're doing business with an in law. Uh, you know, it's it, it wasn't winning. I'm not, I'm not defined. You take it, you take it seriously, but not personally. Well said. I like that. that. Serious, but not personal. That's good. Because if you take it personally, you're going to cry. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Or, or I won't do it again. Yeah. You're going to cry in your beer as you're watching Netflix. Yes. And I'm (laughs) not going to be writing a book. I love it. Yeah. I like it. I don't understand. And so I, at my age, time is my enemy. I, I have a limited amount of time and I'm going to invest my time. Mm-hmm. And there's three uses of time. Two of them are bad. Okay. I can waste time. I can spend time or I can invest time. And spending time is I'm watching television or I'm, mm-hmm. but investing time is I'm reading a book. I'm learning about my customer. I'm, you know, getting I'm better at my craft. Yeah, whatever writing, it is. I'm writing. Yeah, my relationship with my daughter, whatever. Boom. Yeah. I'm taking my kid to Paris. Yeah. Best investment of time you can make. Yep. And so you look at it from the perspective of that, and all of a sudden, um, I don't teach time management. I teach time allocation. Very subtle. But if I'm going to be awake 16 hours in a day, I've got 32 half-hour blocks. What am I going to do in those 32 half hour blocks? Because yeah. if you fill them in, you're not going to waste time at all. There's no time mm. to scroll on Instagram. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And all right. I, I believe it, but I hate that we're going to have to wrap this up. I mean, this fine. has been fantastic. Speaking cool. of the tabs and uh, tabs visiting his daughter in college, it's parents weekend. So oh, I'm investing. He's investing. He's investing. In- yeah. I love You're it. investing in a liberal education. <laughs> Tell them not to take marine biology. Still Jeffrey. clear of that marine biology. Uh, seriously, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining. Thank you, sir, dark audience. Well, um, yeah, I feel I feel inspired, motivated, and I think uh, you captured some of the essence of being successful in our craft. And I thank you for elevating the role because it, we need to be experts. We need to be more than selling something. We need to be about serving and helping our customers solve their problems. I have a couple of ideas about AI. Why don't you guys come to Charlotte and let me cook you pancakes for breakfast? I love it. 
I love it. Love I love it. it. What is your what is yeah, your what is your uh, what is your definition of of AI? It's it's actual intelligence. Actual intelligence. Actual. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And hey, that'd give us a good reason to to visit some of our friends in Charlotte. Yeah, we have friends. some great friends in Charlotte. We love Charlotte. That'd be great. We'd love that. Cool. Are they world famous pancakes, Jeffrey? Because my dad says he he got an award for the world famous, the best pancakes <laughs> in the world. Is this the arrival? I can beat a chef, and uh, you know, if you're from the south, you have to have bacon. So it's pancakes and oh, bacon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They don't they don't orange. serve they don't serve bacon up in the north. Right. That was an <laughs> In the South, they have bacon that's still moving. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you on that. I like my bacon crispy. Well, Jeffrey, yeah, thank you. Good. Best of luck, my friend. Yes. And uh, great. Have your people you. call my people. Well, I will try. I'm serious about arranging something because when my that. AI channel launches, you're going to want to okay. be involved. I would love Excellent. That. We'd love well, that. Thanks, my friend. Cool. Thank, thank you, Jeffrey. Thanks for everybody listening. Take care. Stay away from idiots. <laughs> that's a good takeaway right there alright and thanks for joining us for another episode of Sales Without thank you Jeffrey my pleasure. My you take care cheers take care. cheers